Tasha Lewis was 29 years old when she was reported missing by her family in March 2021, only for her body to be discovered just days later at the bottom of a mesa in Thoreau, Arizona. Police ruled her death accidental. However, her family is adamant that authorities overlooked several key factors that point to her death being a homicide. This is a story of Tasha Lewis. Hey guys, this is Ash. This is Shiashi. This is Maggie. And you're listening to We Are Resilient. Shio, everyone. We are jumping right into today's episode. Ash, are you ready? So this is a fairly recent story happening in 2021, and this story is about Tasha Lewis, a member of the Navajo Nation. She was born August 13th, 1991, and she was a 27-year-old mother, and she was from the Thoreau, Arizona. She worked as a housekeeper at Rehoboth McKinley Christian Hospital, and Tasha was really close with her family. Her sister stated she called her mom and dad every day, and if she didn't call, she would just drop in. They were really close. And so one day when none of the family members had heard from Tasha, it struck them as odd to not hear from her or to not see her. So they all checked with one another to see if anyone in the family had heard from Tasha, but no one had. And so it just threw up red flags because, you know, we all know our families, right? Oh, absolutely. So Tasha's mother, Veronica Begay, went to her work to check on her. And to her surprise, she wasn't there either. And no one had heard from her or seen her. Immediately, the family knew something was wrong. For them to not hear from her and not for her not to show up to work was extremely out of character for Tasha. So on March 28, 2021, her family reported her missing, which was two days since anyone had seen her or heard from her. Then Tasha's boyfriend dropped her car off at her sister's house on Tuesday, March 30th, claiming Tasha jumped out of the car and walked away. They got into an argument and he hadn't seen her for two days. Hold on. You said she jumped out of her own car? Jumped out of her own car. Yeah. They were all hanging out one night. Her, her boyfriend, and some other friends, and he claimed they had an argument, and she just got out of the car and walked away. And that was the last time anybody had seen her. But that was two days ago, and he was just now bringing her car back. Why was he bringing her car back? Did they live together? I never seen anything that stated that they lived together, but he just dropped her car off at her sister's house. Well, then he had to be aware that she was reported missing if he brought it back two days later, claiming she jumped out of her own car. He just said the last time I seen Tasha was two days ago when when she got out of the car and walked away. And that's all he said and left. Well, that's convenient. Three days after she was reported missing, while the Navajo police and the family were out looking for her in the area, the boyfriend claimed she got out of the car and walked away. She was found under a tree at the bottom of a mesa. So who did you say was searching for her and found her? Uh, The Navajo police and her family. Okay. So the police found her. So they were doing an actual full-on search for her while she was missing. Yes. Her body was found covered in a pink blanket. And the investigation concluded and reported she allegedly fell 300 feet from the top of the mesa and Thoreau, and that was the result of her death. And they ruled it accidental. So they're saying that allegedly she got out of the car and somehow walked straight off that cliff and was found at the bottom of the mesa. With a pink blanket just casually covering her. Yes, yeah, so one news article is stated she was covered with a pink blanket. It didn't say she was partially covered, fully covered, just covered with a pink blanket. So was there even a road on top of the mesa for her to even be able to get up there? Yes. Okay. According to the news articles I read, yes, they, they had been driving up there. And that's when she got out of the car and walked off, allegedly, or is what the police report is claiming. But her sister Angie refuses to believe it was an accident. 
She states it could not be accidental because the tree she was lying under had no broken branches from the alleged fall. Also next to her body was a glass of Crown Royal. It was sitting there, not smashed or broken. So if she had had it and she fell, it would have broken, smashed. I mean, logically, that's the only thing that would make sense. What glass bottle is going to make a 300-foot fall and not break? Um, There were multiple footprints from boots in the dirt around her body. And the family reports a bloody crowbar and chain were at the top of the mesa. Okay, how does none of this look suspicious? Because she fell 300 feet, uh, somehow a blanket just magically covered her body perfectly. Then you got the tree she was found under without any broken branches and a glass bottle that somehow miraculously survived a 300-foot fall. How does any of this make sense? Yeah, the family agrees that it makes no sense to them either. Uh, Angie stated when they were out looking for Tasha with the police, so they're out searching for her, a neighbor that lives close to this area stopped and asked what they were doing. What what, what are y'all out here doing? What are y'all looking for? You know, they told him we're looking for her sister. She's been missing for three days. And she said, well, I had heard yelling and screaming in the Mesa area on March 27th, which would have been three days prior. The neighbors stated she heard a female yell, stop, help, and that was it. The police report also stated Angie told police the witnesses said the same car had been driving up and down the road every night for the past couple of nights since the incident. The police report also stated her boyfriend and a relative of Tasha's then drove back to Thoreau to help search for Tasha, where she allegedly exited her own car and walked off after having an argument with her boyfriend. The neighbor knew something was up because she called the cops and said, hey, I hear yelling, I heard a female. But nothing was done. Nothing was looked into. Wait, so was this near their house? What do you mean by neighbor? A person that lived around the Mesa area, near where this happened. Okay, so she actually just lived where she was found. Yes. When they were out looking for her, she stopped and asked, what are y'all doing? What are y'all looking for? What's going on? And that's when she stated she heard the female yell three days ago and she's seen the same car driving up and down the area the past couple nights. Okay, so now we have a witness that heard screaming the night that she allegedly got out of the car on her own and walked off. And this is still considered an accident? It's still ruled as accidental. Um, there's not a lot on this story. There's like one or two news articles. The family's just reaching out for some kind of justice because they're just they just don't believe that she fell off that mesa so is the navajo police department investigating this or the fbi so the case was handed over to the navajo department of criminal investigations and the fbi was called onto the case and they also concluded her death was accidental the family is convinced tasha's death was not accidental and want the police to continue to look into her case they're getting nowhere because the navajo police the Navajo Criminal Investigations, and the FBI all tell the family that the other law enforcement agency is handling the case. So the case is closed. It's accidental, but they're still wanting them to look into it. But because it's closed, they're saying, well, it's concluded. You need to get with the other other agency, the FBI, the Navajo Police Department, the Navajo Criminal Investigations, because they're all saying that the other person needs to look into it because it's a case closed, accidental death. And it's just not fair. So really, the only way they'll even reopen this case is if there's new evidence. Yeah, new evidence or someone comes forward. So Tasha's body was laid to rest on April 9, 2021. And the family want justice for Tasha and want more to be done in her investigation. They don't accept her death as, as an accident. Just as we've said it numerous times in numerous stories, jurisdiction plays an important factor in these cases. Through a study, the Arizona Missing Murder Indigenous People Study, 
committee assessed the jurisdiction problem. They identified issues leading to cold cases, missed opportunities to act quickly and rescue people, and to systemic problems with access to victim services. The Arizona Missing Murdered Indigenous People Study Group stated in a 514-page report they concluded that 4 in 5 American Indian women, or 84%, have experienced violence in their lifetime. More than 1.5 American Indians experienced some type of violence in their lifetime. More than 1 in 3 have experienced violence in the last year. Why isn't there more public outcry regarding these really, really awful statistics? Then you got several families that are still out there today pushing and fighting for justice and for answers only to be turned away because authorities rule it an accident. So there's really nothing these families can do except do the work on their own. So the family has been marching. They've been on just different platforms trying to get justice for Tasha because they know something happened to her. She didn't just walk off that cliff, especially with everything that's surrounding her situation. And they're just getting nowhere. Ash, I'm having a lot of trouble understanding this case. Because based on what you're telling us, there just seems to be too much evidence to rule this as an accident. This whole case just feels like it's been brushed off. You know, I know we're not detectives, but this evidence, is, the evidence is overwhelming. It feels overwhelming to me. But then again, I don't know what the Navajo authorities or the FBI has done in terms of their investigation. But it just seems like there's too much to call this an accident. It seems like more would have went into it, into her investigation. Uh, I did find, like on Facebook, there's a uh, Justice for Tasha Lewis page. And it's mostly just accounts from family members and friends. And so this this part really isn't, uh, it's what the family stated. I didn't find it in a news article or anything like that or the report, but it stated that her boyfriend has ties to people in the community that are on the police force and stuff like that. So allegedly they're saying that it could be they're not looking into it because of who he's, who he is and who his family is. But again, that was off of the Facebook posts or Facebook uh, page, Justice for Tasha Lewis, which was from friends and family of Tasha. Ooh, that's interesting. That makes me wonder about this boyfriend's past. Is there any criminal background for the boyfriend? I looked him up and I didn't find anything. Um, just on some of the family posts, it had stated that he's he has some run, run-ins with the law. It doesn't say how serious, but they always get out of it. And again, that's from family statements. Did you find anything about him being abusive or controlling or anything like that? No, no, I couldn't find anything. No, it's so like it's such, it's such a tragic story, but there's nothing or more about her and what happened. I mean, this is a pretty, I don't know, to me, it's a pretty serious case. Like she didn't just fall off that mesa, especially with all those evidence around where they found her and how they found her. But it was just it was just ruled accidental. It's like it's just a quick way. A quick way of closing the case. Just as we talked about before with all the cases out west with hypothermia. Like there's more to it. Look into it more. Her family has to live their life every day without their sister Tasha, who they were used to speaking to or seeing every single day. And I couldn't imagine having to live that life of not having her be here and there not being justice. That's why it's so important to shed light on these cases. See, when a non-Native woman goes missing, the entire country rallies together to try and find her. And I really want to believe if we could just put some of that energy to these MMIW cases, we could probably get a lot of these cases solved. 
resolved were find people's missing loved ones. I, I, I truly believe that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a sad, sad situation. It's, it's a sad thing that they were even having to talk about it, that it's not fair that these women don't get the same justice as others. I mean, in recent news, you know, we heard about Carly Russell. Oh, God. And she was missing. And I think for two days, everybody was just so, I don't know what you got. They were looking into it, investigating it, you know, coming up with their own theories. And then she just pops up two days later. Oh, my gosh. The entire story around Carly Russell just infuriates me. Well, what really sucks about that whole case is, you know, she was a woman of color and she did get the attention that she deserved for being missing. But it seems like the media only gets behind stories like that if it's something interesting. Like if the woman is, you know, an indigenous woman from a poverty ridden community who might have substance abuse issues or maybe have has been a part of a domestic violence situation. That's not as exciting or interesting as someone who, you know, tells the story that she was getting out on the side of the road trying to help a toddler. Exactly. What really sucks about the media is that they pick and choose what they think is important. And I don't think a lot of people realize the impact that the media has on a lot of these cases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The media plays a lot in influence in people's yeah. minds. Do you guys remember when I covered Pepita Redhair? When we talk about similarities in a lot of these cases, I think about cases like Pepita Redhair because in that situation, the, the boyfriend was the last person that she was with. And the night she went missing, he said that she left on her own with another man from the bar. And then you look at this case and the boyfriend's like, oh, she just got out of the car and walked away. So it seems like a lot of times with these cases, there's just some blame put on the victim that she walked away on her own accord. So why bother putting any energy into finding her? It just seems like an easy way to place blame and fault on the victim. Yeah, it's like when they always say, well, she got out of the car. It's, you know, them victim blaming, basically saying, well, she did it to herself. Really understanding, you know, like what other circumstances are there that made her want to get out of the car. I mean, any normal person isn't going to get out of the car in the middle of the night at their own free will. Like there had to have been something causing that. Right. Like she got out of the car and walked away. But why? I feel like people still just downplay a lot of domestic violence situations and victim blame. It's because domestic violence and toxic behaviors are so normalized today. Yeah, and it's sad unless you're in that situation and experienced it before. I don't think you should have a valid opinion on what people should or shouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? They should take it seriously. You know, they should take it as seriously as someone who is getting forced out of a car. Even if she made the choice to get out of the vehicle, clearly it wasn't, you know, at her own free will. Yeah, absolutely. But that's the story of Tasha Lewis and her family's still fighting for justice. They, they want to know what happened. They want somebody to be held accountable. And they just don't accept the fact that it was an accidental death and that she walked off that mesa to her death. It just doesn't add up to them. It doesn't add up to me. And there's no like information call this police department because again, it's a case closed. And how this is a case closed just blows my mind because all the evidence says this wasn't an accident. But again, this isn't the first story we've told that things don't add up and it's an accidental death rule to, again, hypothermia or something else because this is a pretty common theme that we have come across telling these stories in other cases. So this story, just like others, faces obstacles such as jurisdiction issues. Who has authority? Who's looking into it? Who's covering the case? How many hands are involved in trying to solve these cases? And we hope that 
someone does come forward, brings more information, or even confesses what happened to her, because there has to be more to this story. There has to be more that happened to her. I mean, there has to be. None of this makes any sense. If you want to look more into Tasha Lewis, you can check out her Facebook page dedicated to her, her family has set up. It's called Remembering Tasha Lewis. There's also TikTok videos that people have made about her and her life and what happened to her and her story. So I encourage you to give it a listen or go check them out. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.